Extraordinary Terrestrials presents The Eyes That Stare Out From The Dark. Entry. I saw a man pushing an empty baby carriage today as I drove to work. He was smiling. I've come to the conclusion that everyone is insane, including myself, but perhaps some are content with their insanity? This man seemed content. Entry. We face unknowns every day, and the most commonly faced unknown is the absolute uncertainty of what occurs in the minds of our peers. Sometimes it is unknown what is occurring even in our own minds. This was a thought I had as, once again, I was woken by the screams of my downstairs neighbor last night. I did as he'd earlier requested, and made my way to his door to wake him up. I remember noting how still the cold night air was. Not a hint of a breeze. Then my neighbor, who I will call... Nate, answered the door with the same look of alarm as last time. This time Nate told me he had a small recollection of what he'd been dreaming about. His face went blank, then apologetic, as he told me he'd forgotten the recollection. I pressed him to try to remember, mentioning that he'd been screaming about the floors. To this, he paused, as if something was coming back to him. He told me he did recall something about floors from his sleep, specifically hardwood floors. Not his floors. He said his floors were all carpeted or tile. In a candid moment, Nate said he didn't know why he felt so scared. I told him not to worry, for lack of a better, more comforting thing to say. I was worried or at least a little spooked to go back inside to the hardwood floors of my own apartment. Entry The incident involving my neighbors and the fire trucks seems forgotten by its participants. They go about their lives as if it hadn't happened, as far as I can observe. I see the man who lives there some mornings cleaning snow off his car, as I do the same with mine. I doubt he even thinks about the fact that the car he is cleaning is the same car he had parked across the street from his house with his significant other and children inside that one night. 
Now he only wipes the snow off and drives to work like any other day. Perhaps I should do the same. There's been an ample amount of snow lately, enough to make things more attractive. One thing I have observed, which may bear absolutely no significance to anything, is my neighbor's backyard. Whenever their cars are not present, I can see into the fenced backyard where the snow is undisturbed and a rocking horse mounted on a spring waits. There are no footprints, despite the two children who reside there. Perhaps they're afraid to play outside in the dark afternoons when they return from school. Entry. I thought I overheard someone else's living nightmare today. Because it was my day off and I was suffering a static boredom, I went for a walk on a trail a few streets down from my neighborhood. The path is heavily wooded and also heavily trafficked by students, dog owners, athletes, smokers, and nature enthusiasts. A storm yesterday left a fine white coat over every branch, rendering the scenery very pretty. Unfortunately, I hadn't gotten around to a walk until the late afternoon, and the sun was setting as I turned to head back home, but it had felt good. I'd slept in very late, and it was nice to move and reassure myself that my legs were not atrophied. The cold air was refreshing. I was just beginning to think that everything was going to be fine when I realized something. I'd been hearing it for a while before I noticed it, but when it did come to my attention, it was with an alarmed jolt. Perhaps it was the constancy of the screams that truly caught my attention. They lasted a long time. I reminded myself that kids have a tendency to scream about absolutely nothing, but it did not stop me from listening. The screams were coming from the woods. I knew that further down the path, the woods thinned out into a neighborhood. I could only imagine the children were residents of that neighborhood, spending their afternoon playing in the dark trees. It sounded as if something had gone terribly wrong. Towards the entrance of the trail, I could hear all the neighborhood dogs barking. The screaming continued, unanswered by any adult aid. I could almost make out words, like words like help and somebody at one point. I tried to think of what I could possibly do, but between me and the sounds there was a large swamp, and I doubted the ice was thick enough for me to cross. Thought of all those movie quotes about how many people will hear a scream for help and knowing full well what it is, ignore it. I was just another instance of why that phenomena was real. I kept walking and the screaming soon stopped altogether, which was equally unnerving. I arrived back to where the path meets the road, 
Doing some mental calculations, I was able to discern that the location of the screaming was somewhat close to a neighborhood nearby. I decided to take a stroll around the street before returning home. Came upon a corner occupied by several houses that could have been in hearing range of the screaming, but I found little information. For one thing, there were certainly no police cars. All the lights in the houses were out. Yet there were cars in the driveways. I checked the time, and it was 6 p.m. I wondered why the residents of all four houses had turned in so early, or if that was even the case. Being in the company of those quiet abodes made me almost as nervous as being on that path, hearing that screaming. In retrospect, the kids may have just been playing, and I was projecting duress that wasn't actually real. I suppose the real reason people do not respond to calls for help is mostly for fear of their own safety. I knew that whatever I thought was making those children scream was not something I wanted to encounter myself. As I got closer to home, I noted an impressive full moon on the horizon. Nearby, two dogs were barking to each other. It harkened to that scene in 101 Dalmatians when a message was communicated across England through barks. I wondered what those two dogs might have been discussing and what they had heard. They say strange things have been known to happen during full moons. I returned home more haunted than I wanted to be. Entry. She called me today while I was in the shower. I'm still not sure I would have answered if I'd known she was calling. She didn't leave a voicemail. If it's really important, she'll call again. I don't know if I'll answer then either. Entry. On the way from the supermarket, I encountered a jarring image today. Dead blackbirds in the road. At least 30 of them. Cars had no choice but to run them over. These days I wonder why I'm lucky, why I'm still intact, It seems like everyone around me is being struck by something and falling down, and I remain unscathed. Even with the ex, she walked away in a world of pain, and here I am, relishing my independence. Usually. Some days I wouldn't mind having someone around to confirm that they're seeing the same ghastly things I'm witnessing. Just a friend who can turn to me and say, Yes, I see the dead birds, too. I'd seen this grim mess just after an enchantment at the supermarket. I spied her name tag, but I'll call her B. She is tall, she is beautiful, and an 
unremarkable sort of way, but more beautiful is the magnificent tattoo on her forearm of a psychedelic eye. B is a mystery to me. There's something fascinating about how willing she is to let a tattoo attract more attention than her own face. What is she hiding? I think she's a floor manager, and I don't think I'll ever talk to her. I'm okay with this. Maybe good and evil are battling in this town. I know which side she's on as much as I know which side whatever caused the deaths of those blackbirds is on. It had never occurred to me until now that planes may kill flocks of birds every once in a while. I looked it up. It's called Bird Strike. I'm sure there are planes in this area. I hope that's it. I hate to imagine what else it could be. Entry. She called again. As I reached to answer this time, I thought about not. I answered anyway with a cautious but civil tone. Her manner was a mirror of my own. She only wanted to ask me a question about her sleepwalking. She asked me if I had ever observed her traveling outside of the bedroom in her sleep during the time we lived together. I had to laugh to myself a moment at the absurdity of it all. It wasn't just her question, but the memories it triggered. I'd forgotten she was a sleepwalker. I'd forgotten the times she'd woken me up while bumping into walls and kicking shoes. It was my job to gently guide her back to the bed without waking her. It only happened a few times a month, but it was a strange and silly detail about her. She wasn't laughing. She asked me if she'd ever gone outside while asleep. I had to wonder about the implications of her question, but I wanted to dismiss it as an attempt of hers to worry me. She can be passive-aggressive. I told her no. She'd never even found the bedroom door, let alone the outdoors when sleepwalking. Although I had to fondly recall the time she'd found my empty hamper. She still wasn't laughing. She faintly apologized for bothering me and hung up. I shrugged it off and continued my day unfazed. Had it been anyone else I know calling with such questions, I probably would have been worried, but it seems I have a selective block in my mind for her. Entry. Nate was screaming again tonight. I've given up on him. Countless times I've tried to pry his subconscious open to understand his incessant screams about the floors, but he knows no more than I. <sighs> Lately, he's just seemed annoyed when I wake him from his terrors. He says I shouldn't let it bother me because he doesn't let it bother him. But I know it does bother him. 
I can tell from the dark circles under his eyes. They are too much like mine. I purchased a white noise machine to drown out the screams. It doesn't work, but sometimes I set it on ocean waves and try to imagine that Nate's shrieks are just the calls of seagulls. The Eyes That Stare Out From The Dark is an Extraordinary Terrestrials production. It was written, read, and recorded by Miriam Rimkunis. Music and art are also by Miriam Rimkunis. All rights reserved. The Sirens were recorded by Freesound user LG, The Radiator by user Tobias Sieben, and The Howling Wind by user Sage Turtle. Links to their recordings are in the show notes, which is where you can also find links to the podcast's social media, website, and Patreon. Join me next week for part three.